Launch your global career in football business. Study a master's degree online with unique access to the MCG and a big-hitting Australian industry network. Brought to you by the Global Institute of Sport, who also have campuses at the iconic Wembley Stadium in London and Etihad Stadium in Manchester. Be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2022. Learn more at gis.sport FNR. That's gis.sport FNR. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, it's that time of the week when we get to talk about the state of our football nation and uh, and the amount of guests that we've had this year, that, even though it's early in the season, has uh, has thrilled both Josh and myself. And again, uh, someone we've been waiting two or three weeks to get uh, finally uh, locked in, uh, and for any number of reasons, and most of them to do with his work, um, it's been almost impossible. But lo and behold... We've created some magic and we actually got his wife to lock him down at home so we can get, catch him. <laughs> his name is Michael Petrillo. He's the head of football at the Champions, Melbourne City. Um, welcome to FNR, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm good, George. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. And, and thank your wife very much. We'll, we'll send her the keys in a minute so oh. she can, you know, take the lock off. <laughs> What's I'm it like? What's it been like this last month with COVID knocking you guys? And yeah, girls. It's been, yeah, it's been tough because, um, you know, not only with us, but the other teams as well, because you're not sure what the next day brings. And What about Perth? What about oh, Perth? And, and, you know, in Perth and not being able to travel there. So it's been a really disrupted season, probably more so this year than even last season with, with COVID. Um, but it, it is what it is. We, we've got to try and navigate our way through that. And, and, and so far, you know, I think we've, we've, we've done okay. We're probably lucky that we had a lot of the boys get COVID very early on, George. It was... Wow. Uh, uh, you know, massive amount of players, uh, one after the other, basically. It was like uh, dominoes. But, um, yeah, that's nearly out of the way. I think we've only got two or three out of the whole squad that haven't had it. Um, what have you made uh, of, of some of the stories that have started coming out in social media today, of course, about the, you know, A-League uh, losing sight, uh, losing traction, uh, Channel 10 picked a dud horse, all, all the silly stories that seem to emanate at this time of the year because... Lord knows someone needs to suck up some oxygen. I'm thinking, yeah. guys, there's, an, there's a COVID pandemic. Yeah. Uh, governments left, right and centre have been closing borders. And yeah. you had this nonsense to write? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, some days. I yeah, look, I, there seems to always be an agenda, doesn't there, George, against Whoa. football in, in particular. But, yeah, if they, if they don't understand the situation, and, and uh, interesting that they're, they're not criticising the, the, the Big Bash League because no, uh, they're, no, they're having no, their no, own no. issues. and. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with the product. It's 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 a uh, it's a uh, it's it's really strange times. It's unprecedented times. So someone yeah. saw a game the other day between Victory and um, who was it? Who, who did Victory play last week? Um, uh, last week, uh, yeah. well, their last Ripley. game was against Sydney the other the other night. That, but, yes, the other night. Yeah, and everyone says to me, game. I missed the game. Yeah. Um, they said it was gripping and terrific Ripley. football. So uh, absolutely, you, you yeah. know, the boys are putting it. The boys, yeah. all the teams are doing their best, and the girls are yeah. doing their best. And we have nonsense being written left, right, and centre. It must frustrate you enormously. Yeah, it's disappointing. But, you know, as you have been, George, we've been around the game basically our, our whole lives and we've seen this before. And, 
you know, some some things, while they change, a lot of them stay the same and, and uh, we, we tend to get the same sort of people having the uh, same sort of criticism. Ma- Michael Petrillo is our guest and I'm going to ask him a question and, and we're going to go back. Craig Goodwin may or may not play for the Socceroos tonight. Would you play him tonight? Oh, look, because I, I, because Aziz <laughs> Beach is not available. Yeah, he didn't fly out of Turkey well, because I, of snowbound. So yeah. there's going to be an opening. Would you take the risk and play him? Well, I think he's been in decent form the last couple of games. But whether he can play, whether he can still play as a, as a left back, I'm I'm not sure because he hasn't played there for a while. You've seen enough of him. Um, Would you? Yeah, play I have. Him? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's look. He's a good lad and he's a good player. And uh, deserves his call up. Uh, I, I think whoever misses out will be a little bit unlucky. But you know, Craig's uh, there's not too many left left footers in the in the squad, so I think he's got a good chance of starting. Josh. Oh, I want to ask about the City Boys in the squad <laughs> playing on her home turf at Amy Park. Uh, of course, Matt Leckie and, and Jamie McLaren headlining it, but also Marco Tilio getting a call up to the senior team, which is very exciting. I've been, I think, one of his biggest cheerleaders uh, going around. Uh, what do you think his chances are of, of making at least a cameo and in influencing the contest? Yeah, probably, probably more chance of that happening, Josh. Uh, with, with Marco, and he's a, he, we've seen in the past, he's a, he's a player that you can come off the bench and, and, and he can make an impact, you know, immediately. And, and uh, I think that's. Probably the reason why why Arnie's selected him, uh, knowing that he, he can have that impact if he needs later in the game. Also to give him some experience. But you know, Marco's been in good form. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think eighteen months ago, he, he wasn't even in an A leg squad. So so he's he's really come on in leaps and bounds. He's a fantastic kid. He works his, his butt off and, and deserves every opportunity he gets. So I, I think Arnie, you know, depending on how the game's going, but I think there's there'll be an opportunity sometime for him to come off the bench. What, what more does PK want from him? Um, I think it's the same as what he wants from everybody, whether they're playing or not, George. It's, it's, it's consistent effort. It's you know, working your butt off, um, you know, being physically at the top of your game uh, to, to play in, in the Melbourne City team. And, and Marco's really uh, took a little bit of time to adjust when he first came. But, you know, he's, he, he's a type of kid that listens. He works hard. And whether he's on the bench or starting, he has the same attitude. And, and, and that's what we all like about him, particularly the coach. You know, the coach likes those those attributes and, and, and Marco's really got them in spades and, and can see the rewards that he's getting uh, from his effort. Uh, Josh and I spoke about Florian Berenguer making, uh, you know, steady progress and just being this wonderful um, go-to guy that always seems to create something for us. Uh, not Maybe not always in the numbers we want him to, I mean, for example, I remember the grand final last year. He almost scored the goal of the game, yeah. but the, put the ball just a few inches the wrong side. Now, if he'd scored that, I mean, man of the match, uh, yeah. other than, you know, Nathaniel deserved it too. But you know what I'm saying? He's been yeah. there or thereabouts. He started very poorly. And as I touched on with the story to Josh, he, they didn't realise just how difficult it was for he, the young man to settle in with his family. Yeah. and find their feet, get to understand the language, and yeah. and finally come to terms with what it was like to play at the other end of the world. Yeah, in his first season, I think he was played out of position. We we, we, mm. we played him as a winger, and he's not a winger. But I think, yeah, you're right. Florence is the type of player that, that uh, he works works hard. 
sometimes doesn't get the goals uh, that he deserves. You know, he's either just wide or block shot or, <laughs> or, or you know, or hits the post. But um, in, in our in the way we play football, I think you've noticed over the last couple of seasons in particular that most of our goals come come from our front three, not so much from our midfield. You know, and what PK expects from our midfield is, is to work really hard and provide opportunities and 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 to defend as much as get back. Uh, sorry, to defend as much as to get forward. So um, yeah, and he's I think a little bit underrated in, in that regard. Uh, when you consider what he's asked to do, he follows the instructions to a T, and, and he's a great great guy. He's he's so popular in the squad. Uh, you know, no one can say a bad word about him. He's, as I said, he's he's a really popular person in in the, in the squad and the type of play everybody would like to have. Michael, speaking of your front three, uh, Jamie McLaren bangs in goals on the regular in the A-League. We know he's top scorer and it's just a goal-scoring machine in the yeah. domestic comp. For the Socceroos, you know, hit and miss, he's uh, scored some goals, but I don't think we've quite unlocked his full potential in the national team. Uh, irrespective of the, the leap up in level that, that international football uh, obviously provides, uh, what what do you need to do to get the best out of Jamie McLaren? How do you need to build the squad and the lineup to to best serve his strengths so that he can score goals? Well, he, he sees obviously our, our style of play <laughs> to a T, and that, that's you know it goes without saying when you look at his goal scoring record since he's been with Melbourne City. Um, I think maybe early on in his soccer career, he, he probably uh, didn't get the goals that the, he may have. But, you know, the games that he's played recently, you know, hasn't been a bad return. Mm. The other thing with Jamie, he needs to play consistently. So he needs mm. to play week in, week out. And, and obviously with the Socceroos and stop-start sort of uh, uh, games that he's he's had, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But, you know, if, if he finds the confidence from the manager, um, then I think, You've got a, a, a really top line striker that that will you know be there or thereabouts to score a goal nearly every game, and I think that's just what he needs: is some consistent game time at that level and and uh, confidence from the coach. Uh, talk to us about Matthew Lecky. His form has been up and down, and and we understand why there are complications: his injuries. Uh, he got sick, of course. Then he's got the new baby, and uh, you're asking your dad to sleep all hours of the day and perform at night. Again, we forget. Um, people, fans are awful. Uh, they love you and they hate you at the same time. So, so what yeah. what are we to make? What are we to make of uh, of Matthew's season thus far, knowing what you know behind the scenes? Yeah, look, Matt, Matt's. Uh, um, I've known Matt since he was eighteen. I, you know, when he was is that right? 18. Yeah, I signed him in Adelaide when he was an oh. eighteen year old. But you know, he's 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 quality player. He's a quality person, and I think everybody that's come to the club. In the first six or seven games, it has found uh, found it a little bit more difficult than probably what they they thought they would. I mean, we look at Craig Noon and Adrian Luna, Florin when he first came, uh, and the list goes on and on. Um, even Andrew Nabuma, perhaps. But yep. you know, I, th- I think the last two games we've seen you know a closer uh, version of, of the real Matthew uh, Lecky, uh, and and I think he's just started to find his feet. As you said, you know. We play different game styles, so he needed to adapt to that and learn that and understand that. Uh, had a niggling injury, you know, baby was about to be born, yeah, you know, COVID. <laughs> There's, you know, a lot of things happening in, in the first five or six weeks of his life, uh, with, with sorry, his career with, with Melbourne City. So I think you'll see the best of him from, from now on, George. 
Speaking of inconsistencies in the season and the schedule, I think it's tough for, for fans and, and even media uh, this year because not only are the games kind of hard to keep track of with all the rescheduling and the shifting around yeah. and the uneven fixtures when there's sort of a conference system almost in, uh, in, at play, um, or certainly was at the start of the season, um, but how do we communicate effectively with the supporters so that they actually know the games are on so that they can adjust to these sort of kickoff times and so forth. But how we also build, a, I guess, a competitive, uh, compelling narrative around the season because it's hard to say it's top versus bottom when one team has played nine games and the yeah. other team has yeah. played five. Played three, yeah. Oh, look, Josh, I think they're all good points and probably you know goes back to the point that, that George made before about maybe some of the criticism that we've, we've got about the, the league and the, and the crowds and the ratings and et cetera, et cetera. But I think communication is really, really difficult when you've got so many changes happening from one day mm. to the next almost. And now when you've got, when you've got fixtures that are actually fixed, mm. you, you can plan your, your, your marketing strategy or, or your promotional strategy and whatever it might be. But when, you know, we don't know whether in, in two days' time you're actually going to play that game. It's it's really difficult, and, and I feel I feel for uh, the APL. I feel for uh, for the clubs that, that are trying to communicate back to their supporters when when we're playing. Because I, I can tell you that there was one point in time that if you had asked me, I wouldn't even be able to tell you when our next game was. Um, and and even now, you know, we, today we, we've had two or three meetings about. February schedules being changed and fixtures being changed. So it, it's just at the moment, unfortunately, until we settle with, with COVID, it, it's it's so difficult because mm. now we're trying to fit games in everywhere and, and what we've also done is we've overlapped into the NRL, AFL season. So venue availability also becomes a, uh, yeah. you know, a, a difficult thing to overcome. So uh, I don't, I can't give you the answer, Josh, other than to say it's, it's been the most uh, interrupted season of football um, since I can remember. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael Petrillo is our guest on FNR, State of Our Football Nation, um, head of football at Melbourne City. Um, The women's, the the A-League women's, uh, the the team this year uh, putting some wins together, got a disappointing result the other day, but they were playing away from home against a pretty good side. Um, What have you made of uh, some of the, the new girls? Yeah, we had a good start, you know, and there's some really pleasing performances, particularly from the young uh, players that we brought in, uh, Winona Heatley, Wheatley and, and, and Holly McNamara, Oof. with Holly making her, her Matilda's the, the other night. So, yeah. you know, with Sydney, they've, they've been together for two or three seasons, So, so uh, and they're a good team, uh, and it was tough. I don't think the scoreline reflected the actual performances of, of, of both sides. I think it was a lot closer than a 3-0 game, you know, just some key moments where they scored and, and we didn't. Um, so and we've got them back in our patch later on in the season, so it'd be nice to be able to do that. But you know, look from last season from to, to this season, it's it's chalk and cheese, and, and we think we've got a side competitive enough to to have a have a crack at the title, and 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 uh, we think we'll get better and better as the season goes on. But we've got some really promising young young players who who hopefully will be the club with the club for for years to come. You mentioned venue availability before as potentially an issue going forward. Yeah, uh, does that? potentially open up the southeast as a possibility to stage some of these games. We saw uh, Casey Fields moot as a venue. I believe that game ended up being postponed and then <laughs> moved to Bentley Greens. Uh, so uh, we never got to see it. But uh, certainly with the club's kind of new training base and new identity in the southeast, yeah. is, you know, the likes of, of Casey Fields become a, a possibility for, for men's and women's games? 
Uh, I, I doubt it for A League games right now. Perhaps uh, women's league games. Yeah, uh, that that could be a possibility. Um, yes. For the A League, it's probably you know the, the venue is probably not suitable. Uh, FA Cup games would, would have been fine. Uh, you know, in the years to come, whether that changes, I'm not sure. It's not my decision, but but no. um, uh, I, I can't see any A League games being played there uh, at that venue. Okay. Um, well, let's uh, talk about cities rest of the season because you've got a congested fixture list, rotations necessary, and we saw, I guess you'd call it a makeshift lineup last weekend, but I thought it was one of the best performances of the season. <laughs> the the team and the youngsters that came into the eleven, you know, likes of yeah. Karen Stokes and, and Geordie Boss, embrace that opportunity. Yeah. I, I, it's it's interesting when you um when you give youth a, a chance, sometimes they, they can really surprise you. And, and um, look, it's different doing it week in, week out. But, you know, one-off games, sometimes you bring the, the boys in and, and they can really do a good job. And Jordan and, and Karen, uh, Karen's played a couple of games before, but remembering he's only 19 and, and mm. Jordan the same. You know, they're only, they're only kids. So uh, I think they've both got big futures and, and um, uh, again, pleasing because they've, they've been with us for a little while, particularly Jordan, and he was 15 when he started the club. So it's great to see him come through. And they've just got to keep keep their noses down and, and PK keeps them well grounded. Uh, don't worry about that. So <laughs> they've got to work hard to earn their stripes and they're not just going to be given a game. Um, Michael, before we let you go, I want yeah. you to, to recount to a whole bunch of people that, that don't necessarily know the journey that Conor Metcalf had, had to go yeah. through to finally emerge as this brilliant young player that has managed to get himself not only into the young Socceroos, but into the Socceroos. Give us a sense of how difficult it was for him growing up because he shot he shot yeah. up in next to no time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when he was signed, you know, he was, he was so tiny, Connor. But he, two foot two or something. No. Yeah, something like that. Something ridiculous <laughs> like that. But you could see, you know, he had the technical skills and he had really good game awareness and he's a good kid, uh, very shy, uh, unassuming. You know, when when he when he uh, when he started to get to about seventeen, he he was still very tiny, and we thought, is this going to work? But yeah, he just went through this enormous growth spurt between the ages of seventeen and nineteen. But it meant that he could hardly play any football because his bones were so weak from the from the growth. I think it was twelve or thirteen centimeters. Uh, wow! It was something I've never seen. Anything like it? It right. was the canteen at Bandura. That <laughs> <laughs> was something I can tell you. But uh, you know, went from this little uh, little squirt to to a, to a, you know a tall. Strong yeah, I, I look up a lot yeah. now. I don't look down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and credit to him, he had to spend a lot of time in the gym, and he used that time wisely. And we had a, we have a really good performance a group of performance staff that, that looked after him and, and, and made sure that the time off the field was spent wisely and was able to bulk up and, and put some strength into his body. And, you know, he went from a boy to a man, basically, and, and, and uh, you know, the rewards have been there now for him. So I'm really pleased to see him come through and, you know, I'm sure he's going to be a, a top professional for many years to come um, and, 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 a, and definitely a future soccerer. Last one from me, Michael, and you tried to tell us this story last week when we had you on the phone, uh, but for all the investments you've made uh, at your new training base, a cell tower is not one of them, unfortunately, so uh, we missed some of it. So can you recount again uh, how on earth Carl Jenkinson made his way to the club because Correct. I believe a former city coach was involved? Yeah, well, he, he's, uh, you know, we, we've been talking 
uh, about Carl for, for quite a few months, to be honest. And, and um, it just happened that, that, that Warren Joyce was coaching uh, uh, the reserves at, at, at Forest and, and uh, Carl uh, had spent a bit of time training with him over the last few months and uh, you know, made the connection and, and, and said, listen, you know, it's, a, it's a great club to go to. It's a great city. We'll organise you, you fit in right at home. And, and, and so, you know, he spoke highly about us and, you know, Carl was definitely interested. And, and, and that's sort of how, how, how it really came about, to, to be honest. And, you know, we had an opportunity to bring him in the January window. He was still available and he was still keen to come. Um, and, you know, because of his versatility and experience, you know, still a good age at 29, we just thought it was too good an opportunity not not to bring him in, you know, with the amount of games we've got coming up and the Champions League as well. Yeah. Uh, and he's a terrific guy. He's, he, as, he, as you saw, he's fitted in straight away, basically off the plane two days before that game uh, from five or six degrees to 35 degrees. Did he, did he parachute off the yeah. plane onto <laughs> Gosford Stadium? Just, just about. You know, he was going to take a few days to come in and PK rang him and said, listen, Carla, I need you to get on a plane. Oh, I've got a couple of things to organise. He said, listen, you get on the plane, <laughs> you'll be playing on the weekend. He said, I'm coming. I'm coming. So, you know, no, great attitude. And, and you know, he's, he's going to be a terrific addition to the squad. T- talk to us about Nathaniel. He would have done the opposite. He would have gone from 35, 36, 37 degrees to three. Yeah, absolutely. In Scotland. Completely, completely the other way. How's he doing? Yeah, he's doing well. He played this morning against Celtic. You know, and, um, he came on early on in the game. The, the right back got injured, and, and and that's opened the door for him now. And he, and he did quite well. I thought he was he he, he had a good game. And again, he's he's you know I can't see why he wouldn't make it there. I, I'm sure he will. He, you know, he's yeah. been a terrific player. And again, another kid that we picked up from Tasmania when he was 15 and come through, left his parents and. And, and made a new home in Victoria at 15 and, and uh, now gone on and, you know, uh, with a, prof- a professional... How, how, do you mentor, how do you mentor these youngsters? How, how do you go to the parents and say to them, you know, trust us, yeah. we'll do our level best? I think it's easier... And we have a track record. Yeah, I think it's easier when, you, you know, because we belong to the City Football Group and we yeah. have a lot of protocols in place to look after uh, you know, young, young players and... Um, at the club, mentorships uh, and so yeah, on. Yeah, and we've got the resources to provide, um, um, you know, staff that can look after them for, for, for in whatever got way. And, we, and we've got well, player welfare officer, for instance, a full time person that, that you know her her job is is to look after the players and make sure that everything's done for them. So. You know, I think for a young player, any young player in Australia, if they, you know, and I don't want to you know, blow our trumpet too much, but if, if you're coming to Melbourne City, you're making a great choice because, you know, whilst it's tough and while it's difficult, it really prepares you well for, for life beyond maybe the A-League one day and, and to become a future socceroo because, you know, we, we, we make sure you earn your stripes, but we also look after you along the way. Is the window closed? Um, the window's still open. Uh, and we, we're still looking for, for probably to add one more player, George. We, okay. We, we so hope. Josh and I can still practice, continue practicing? Yeah, well, I don't know how long you'll be able to practice for, mate. Right. We'll give you an opportunity. Thank you. Thank and, you. Um, you'll have to, Love you'll have, your work. Love you your work. you the mate. dust off those boots, mate, and the cobwebs. But, um... I, I think they've turned to rock. Uh, Michael Petrillo, as always, yeah. mate, thank you very, very much to you no and, the, and the entire family at City. Yeah. Good luck. Best wishes. Thanks, and um, uh, look, um, the competition is an exciting one. We've just got to re- remind everybody there's some fantastic yeah. football to come. And as you said, February, February is going to be crazy. It will be, mate. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure thank to be on. Thanks for, thanks thank you, for uh, having me.